Hey, water boy! What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys Podcast, episode six. Today, we're going to be talking about Amon's way too early, like way, way too early power rankings mm-hmm. for the next NFL season. And we're also going to give, um, we're going to start something new today, and I won't say it until we get to that part of the podcast. But before we begin, major news in the NFL world JJ Watt, Houston star um, defensive end, just got released upon his wish. This is like a potential NFL-changing move, in my opinion. Uh, JJ Watt is a force, he's a threat, and he's an amazing locker room person. He's like the perfect player that you would want on your team. Um, A lot of good places for him to go. I personally think um, he doesn't... Like, a lot of people are telling him to go to the Steelers, but I don't really think he needs to go to the Steelers because Steelers are already... Oh, I see. I mean, I guess I can see why they want him to go to Steelers because of his brothers. But um, that'd be pretty sick to see all three brothers play on the same team. Um, but, you know, Aman, where do you think he should go? So, personally, I think he should go to a team that are contenders. So, or always there, like, or almost contenders. Totally you know, agree. He, he's a veteran, see, you know, veteran presence. I see um, the Niners being a very possible option because they just lost... Um, DeForest Buckner last year to the Colts because he decided to uh, sign with the Colts. I think him, Nick Bosa, uh, um, Fred Werner, man, that would be a scary defense to play with. And with Richard Sherman coming back and all their guys coming back, um, I think that defense would be perfect for him to like really thrive in. Um, Lane Johnson of the Eagles uh, shooted his shot on Instagram today, mm. um, asking him, like, you know what to do, you know the drill. Um <laughs> I definitely, I personally would think um, J.J. Watt would make a more impact in the locker room than on the field for the Eagles because the Eagles are already, like, packed with defensive linemen. Yeah. Um, But J.J. Watt is is a really good guy in terms of mentality, right? Uh, Amon, go ahead. Uh, I have a quote for J.J. Watt, but I'll say that after you say it. All right. So, for the Eagles, right, uh, Derek Barnett, so he's... Uh, I think the Eagles might move on from him this year. But if they don't, I think he would, like, he'll be a great piece for the Eagles. And personally, my, I think the, the best choice for him is the Buffalo Bills. Because they're, uh, Are you the kind of lacking. Or, um, JJ Watt? Just so I'm. JJ Watt, JJ Watt. Okay. So, I think that JJ Watt will be a, a great fit for the Bills. Because their uh their D line is currently really young, and it's probably one of the weaknesses. Even though that team doesn't have many weaknesses, but I think the D line, their pass rush, was kind of lacking last year. But a- adding JJ Watt and even healthy, uh, this team will be contenders. Well, they already are, but like it just will that would put them in a different level. Like, right. up there with the Chiefs and the Packers. And, and... So here's a little quote that, um, this is my uh, quote, favorite quote from J.J. Watt of all time. Um, he says, success isn't owned, it's leased, and rent is due every day. So that just gives a little insight into this guy's mentality and how good he, he and how hard he works. Um, so I think any team that he goes to can use that. Um, 
the Buffalo Bills, like Amon said last year, if they had any weak spot, it would be the Denver. Uh, I mean, blah. It would be the defensive line. Sorry, I'm. I'm, I'm it's, it's Friday. It's crazy day. Um, and and, and um, just uh, for, something for you guys to know. You guys didn't have to go to school, but I had to, right? So that's why my mind's all uh-huh. chem test today. So, um, back to what I was saying. Yeah, this guy. I think wherever he goes, he's gonna find success. If he goes to the Bills, a serious contender, especially after last year, he's. I'd be very happy to see him win a ring. Oh yeah, for sure. And and now let me ask you a question. A lot of fans are wondering this, and a lot of people are, you know, um, rethinking about this. Do you think the Texans should have traded him in response to getting a uh, a pick, Danny? What do you think? Uh, I think that they could have traded him. It's a possibility, but. I like the fact how they respected his wishes and let him go, and they didn't like try taking advantage of him and getting something out of him. So it it's a respectable move by them, but I could have also seen them going for a trade in that situation. Yeah, like I agree. I think uh, the Texans did the right thing by respecting his wishes. But if you look at it, if you look at the other side, they could have potentially gotten a second round pick at the very least for him. Maybe a player. Uh, that that would be a great addition for the Texans team that is currently on the uh, on their downfall. So I right, think, and but yeah, and um, the, you know, the, obviously there's two sides to look at this. There's the business aspect, and then there's the emotional aspect. You know, JJ Watt did a lot for this Houston like state in general, uh, especially after Hurricane Katrina and. You know, all the great things he did with raising money. So I think it was really cool the Texans to actually respect his decision and uh, letting him go that way and not looking at it as a business way and seeing him as like a, um, almost like, you know, just not taking it to businessy in a way and just, you know, uh, respecting his decision. I think that's something for all teams and um, uh, organizations to look at you know, and to really take an example out of because at the end of the day, it's just what makes the player happy and what they've done for you and how you respect your players. Yeah, so, now, loyalty, you know, because he's been exactly so loyal to them. And... This guy has been nothing but loyal to this team, and yeah. it was really awesome to see his loyalty get paid off. So now we're going to go to Amon's way, 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 way too early mm. power rankings. Yes, sir. Like, I'm talking about way too early. And Amon is not an early guy. He is very late. I'm telling you that on first uh-huh. experience. Whether it be to practice or uh, parties, he's always late. Amon, <laughs> give, uh-huh. give me, your, uh-huh. give me right. your top five, starting from number five. Number five, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Oh. The Rams team last year had an elite defense. They have two of the best players, arguably, in, in their positions in under... Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, two of the, the best players in defense you could ask for. And they're a pretty young team, and they're only going to be rising up the ranks, especially with a trading away Jared Goff, who's been kind of a disappointment for them because they, they, they picked him as a number one pick in the 2016 draft, you know, the first overall pick in the, in the draft, and he didn't live up to it. But Matt Stafford, a veteran who's performed really well uh, when he has a good O-line. And, uh, and he's, he's, he's much better than Jared Goff because 
he's worked with a lot less. And, and made a Lions team that was absolute garbage into something. Like, they were decent, even though, you know, there's not, not a good team at all. But the Rams team, they were really good. And adding Matt Stafford, in my opinion, it just makes them automatic contenders or early as close to contenders. I was honestly kind of surprised that you put the Rams at number five. I thought the Seahawks were going to be up here. But um, I see I see your reasoning. Rams are a young team. We talked about this during the Matthew Stafford trade. And with the veteranship of Matthew Stafford and the creativity of John McVay, and especially with this tenacity, I don't know if that's a word, <laughs> with this tenacious defense, <laughs> uh, they can definitely move mountains. And I would not be surprised if they were – uh, making it to the uh, NFC Championship. Not gonna lie, I'm on. Who do you I have for number four? For number four, I have Green Bay Packers. The Packers. And yes, they're the Packers. Aaron okay. Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just makes any team look insane. And this team has a very good line, and they're Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley. They're all on the come up, and David Bakhtiari, uh, the left tackle, I believe, he's arguably the best left tackle in the league. And their receivers, even though, um, even though they don't have big name receivers, well, I would like Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best Adam receiver. Is up on the rise, bro. I'm just yeah, saying. But yeah, but um, Aaron Rodgers made those no name receivers look like That's someone. True. That's true. Uh, the year before, Ann Lazar, he was like, who's that? Who's uh, MVC or MVS, sorry, MVS. <laughs> you, you have no clue who they are. And Aaron Rodgers gave them a name. It let everyone know who, who they were. Because well, let me he just makes something. players better. Before you continue, let me ask you something. You say Aaron yeah. Rodgers, whatever team he goes to, he's great. And we all know how great Aaron Rodgers really is. But why do you have him so low, number four? Why? I mean, you're clearly saying that this guy is a game changer, and yet you have him at number four out of your top five. May I ask why and why not higher, like three or two, like a lot of people do on their lists? I, I, I have the Packers at number four because of Kevin King. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin King, that boy's going to sell him. Aaron Rodgers can make it to the Super Bowl, and Kevin King's going to give up a 60-yard bomb. You know, it's just like, okay. In the secondary, outside of Jerry Alexander and who's the other safety? Forget his name. Oh my uh, god. What name is name? Adrian Amos or something. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Anyways, outside of those two players, I think the secondary is. It's not, it's not elite. It's just. So you're average. saying that the reason the Packers can't go anywhere is because of their defense. Is that correct? Uh, so. Very good. D-line, pretty good. Secondary, though. Secondary is something they gotta, they gotta shore up. They gotta make sure they fix, their, they fix those. And I think if they do that this offseason, I'll have them at two. Two or three. But yeah. just because the one reason I have them before. Because the teams above them are just, yeah. They're, also improving their run defense, because I'm pretty sure they were... One of the worst oh, defenses yeah. in the league this this season. Come on, so you say if they could improve on, that, that would be nice. 
see, the thing with me is you're saying that the Packers need to improve their pass coverage um, in the NFC Championship. That may be true. But according to Pro Football Focus, Packers are number two ranked in the NFL in pass coverage, right? And uh-huh. um, so I don't really see that as a reasoning why you put them at number four. Personally, for me, I would put them probably three or two. Um, but that's well, just... you see, um, I, I, I have them at four. The teams above them can't perform very well in the playoffs. Like this team's, uh, this team at least the last postseason. They just happen to, you know, play well, and they're really, like, streaky hot. But if it was a different day, I would honestly put them at three. I'm not going to cap. Like, if we were to ask me to flip this team and the team before, I would have no problem doing it. It's just, like, I just did it just because, but I agree with what, they, with what you're saying. And I do agree that the fact that the Packers have not been very – um. They haven't shown up to any. And that's the thing with the NFL, right? You can perform as best as you can in this regular season, but if you can't translate that into the playoffs, which is arguably the highest performance and the highest level of playing, then it's all for nothing. Who you got at number three, Amon? Yep. And number three, I have the Buffalo Bills. Um, this team, right? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I believe, is going to have another MVP top season. Put up insane mm-hmm. numbers. Um, Josh Allen has a lot has a lot to work with, right? Uh, he has Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, John Brown, and Gabriel Davis. You know, they're all going to come up. Stephon Diggs is has been insane for him. Um, and the O line, the O line's been pretty good last year. Their defense has been great last year. Uh, so uh, the Bills are just a good team overall. And adding, I think adding a few pieces like pass rushers or whatnot this offseason, I think they're top three to four. Because as I said, the Packers could p- potentially jump up to three uh, in my ranking. So, yeah. And the Bills I mean, are just an in- insane team. Um, repeating what they did this year, but um, like you said, if they don't improve that pass rush and that defense, and I think personally, they should get more offensive weapons for Josh Allen. Cole Beasley, yeah, he played well, but Cole Beasley's also pretty old. He's 31 years old. Um, I agree. So I, and plus, you know, as, as good as Cole Beasley is, you know, if you ever watch any of the games, you know, you see him pop up here and there, but he, he also does have that big consistency issue. So I think if you get him another um, receiver in the draft or um, a tight end, because they did lack um, the tight end uh, consistency uh, this year too, with the Josh Allen's talent, right, I think he can go a long way. And I agree with this third pick. I think um, Bill, the Bills are a young team. They're on the rise. They're giving that same sort of feel that Mahomes did, except not as dominant, but, you know, I definitely agree with this one. Who do you have at number two? And number two, I have Kansas City Chiefs. Whoa. Yes, sir. I'm going to stop you right there. Number two, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Not number one. They went 14-2 this regular season and and basically um, 
destroyed every team in the playoffs until the Super Bowl because of um, injuries. Hey, man. Is this, hey, man. Is this the team I'm on? Are you sure? Make sure you're reading your notes. I am. I'm Dude. sure. No, 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 no. I, I am positive. It is the Kansas City Chiefs and number two. And the you Chiefs, gotta tell man. me why. You gotta sell me. The on Chiefs, this. man. The Chiefs. Okay. They have arguably not actually no argument. The best quarterback in the league. No argument. Never mind. No argument. Pat Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. Okay. Um, they have pretty good weapons. And Terry pretty Kill. Good? You sure? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I said. I said pretty good. <laughs> Did you just say pretty good? I said pretty I good. Great I, I wouldn't say pretty good. I think they're great. All right. I think they're, they're great. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not even just All right. They're, they're great. They have a lot of speed. Um, they, have, they have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyree Kill. They have... Um, you're, you're literally telling us why you're wrong for picking this. Trust me. The, the, the number one team, you'll be surprised. Uh, I, I, the number one, the number one, one team will show you why. The number one team. I the second know one. The number one team is. I have your notes. Yeah, bro. you do. I think I think everyone does, but the Kansas City Chiefs, man, the defense, it needs some work. You know, the D line pass rush, secondary is pretty good. And Cara Matthew and uh, what's his uh, Chardius, uh I can't say his name, man. The Ward Chardius dude, Ward. the corner. Yeah, Chardius Ward, right? Uh, yep. linebackers. They're okay. They're not. They're not. They're average. Maybe above average, but uh, pass rush. That Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Uh, that's a, that's pretty good, but it's not. It's not up there with the. I will agree that they, they, the pass rush has not lived up to its hype this season, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Last season, their pass rush was definitely really good. That's why they won Super Bowl. But right. number two to for me, me is, no, no, wait, no. I gotta speak on this because number. Okay, two, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, number two for me is just too low for this team. Yes, this team underperformed in the Super Bowl. Yes, this and that. But it's the Chiefs, man. It's the oh, Chiefs. Oh, oh, oh. You have you have. I'll put, them, I'll put them. I'll put them at number two, just for the sole reason of their defense. Their defense to them isn't like if their defense was close to it as good as their offense was, they were in on one team. But the next team, man, the number one team, their defense is elite, and he Give can't deny me. that. Give it to All me. All right, number one team, man. No surprise here. It's the Eagles, bro. Philadelphia what? Eagles, man. Number <laughs> one. Psych. Psych. No way. Psych. Jalen Hurts is gonna go for an MVP season next Psych, year. Psych, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk though. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one. Yep. Okay. Here's my five reasons why, bro. My reasons, okay? Tom Brady. Tom Brady recently just proved why he's the GOAT and why any team goes to is win. It because, is it because he threw that Lombardi trophy or is it because he actually, like, you know, played well in the Super Bowl? I'm confused because, you know, bro. I think... Obviously, it's because he threw the Lombardi trophy. Like, wh- what? Like, why else not? Like, yeah, that's the reason why. But anyway... um. The Buccaneers, right? Yeah. Unlike the Chiefs, their defense is elite. Their D-line, Villarreal, uh, and Dominic so, uh, Anton Winfield, uh, Lamonte David, Devin White. I can go on and on about their defense. Oh, Carlton Davis, right? The Chiefs, look right. at them. In the defense, their three big names 
are Ty Matthew, okay? Ty Matthew, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark. Name me two other big names or excellent defensive players that they have. You couldn't tell me. But the, the Buccaneers, they have five to six elite players in defense. That is why I have them over the Chiefs. Because their defense is better. And their offense is close to as good as the Chiefs. But yes, there we go. They're my number one team going to going into the twenty twenty one season. Well I hate to say it, but yeah, this defense reminds me of just greatness. You know, the way if you watch that Super Bowl, you would you would agree with me because they shut down everything that game. Um, mm. uh, whether it be, especially the downfield ball, which is Chiefs team so... Um, it lives on it. It exactly. literally lives on it. No, that's a perfect way to say it. They live on it. And uh, shutting that down was huge for them. Now, like I promised before, uh, during the intro, we're going to transition to a new segment that we um, are doing. It's going to be every Fridays from now on. It's going to be calling Team Review. Ayo, so, ay. uh, you probably guys haven't known, but uh, Danny's in the podcast. He just hasn't spoken. Um, for some reason, I do not know. Wait, Danny, you're here? I'm just, med- I'm just meditating you dead? on this new segment, yeah. you know? I just got to get in my, uh, into my element Danny, for this one. Yeah, he's getting in his zen. You know, he's, he's that type of guy. Right? Mm-hmm. He's that type of guy who would... uh. You know, they call we they, we call him Kyrie because of the way he acts. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so, Danny, who do we talking? Who are we reviewing today on our team review? So, in the first ever segment of team review, we are going to be reviewing the number one team in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, sir. Oh man, I thought you were talking about the Cavs. I was going to get excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, you keep dreaming, keep dreaming. Uh, <laughs> right now, the 76ers, number one team in the East, are with a record of 18-7. and seven. They are led by my number one candidate for MVP right now, Joel Embiid, averaging 20. Danny? What? Danny? Yes? They're 18-8. and 18-8. Eight. They're 18 and people, eight. yeah. Bruh, I'm literally looking imagine, at this. It says 18-7. I'm looking at the match. Right now. Not eighteen and eight because okay. I lost the game last night, oh, and I okay. really lost the game. <laughs> okay. Just imagine. Okay. Well, well, last night they lost, and now they're eighteen and eight. So yeah, now you know. Uh, they're led by their <laughs> my number one candidate for MVP, Joel Embiid. Uh, twenty twenty nine point one uh points per game, eleven rebounds per game, uh, three assists. He's just been on a tear. Been putting. Putting up so many points for this 76ers team and carrying them through a lot of games. His last five games, he has dropped 30 points at, uh, four out of those five times. He's dropped 34, 37, 33, and 35 in four of his last five games. Like his offensive ability has really put his, this 76ers team over over the top in a lot of games. And the reason why he's had to put so much up is because the underperformance of Ben Simmons this season. He's he's still playing really well for a point guard. Like he's doing what needs to be done. But I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it right now that he has he has he's gotten worse from last year coming into this year. Last I think that one strong suit of Ben Simmons is defense. You know we can't 
talk about the goods and leave out the bad. Yeah, that you know, is I def- true. I could and also, like, be a top five defensive player in this league. And also, and also, you got to remember, he's coming off a and uh, I think an, a tear in the MCL or something, and he's had like a month of rest, just a month or maybe two months of rest. And I think that's why early on he wasn't as aggressive as he used to be. And to kind of disagree with what you're saying, Ben Simmons, the past, I think, the past five or eight games, he's been averaging around 17 points a game. And, and last night itself, he dropped 23 points right, on, on. Tampa 12 points. The second option of a team, dropping 17 points per game is not... Enough. Yeah, and for right. the season right now, he's 14. So right now for the season, he's averaging 14 points. But they do have Tobias Harris. So right now for scoring, Tobias Harris is definitely their second option. But as someone that has been like playing so well, I know it's coming off an injury. But he did. He didn't play. He stopped playing in the bubble. So he's had since the start of the playoffs in the bubble for now to recover. I don't know what the injury is, and I don't know how serious it was. But it's, he's just been under, just not counting the injury or anything from last season to this season, he's been playing worse. And also to, uh, to kind of defend him a little bit. So uh, I think in Doc's system, right, Doc Rivers, uh, the new coach, um, I think Doc's system has him kind of facilitate the offense more than, you know, Ben Simmons is going to the cup and scoring. Like, because I watched the, like, main games, uh, almost, I think, out of the 24 games played, I watched like 20 games. And what I've seen is that Ben Simmons usually just fine. So he drives and kicks it out for a wide different person. And his effect on the game is so great that he doesn't need to, you know, drop 20 points a game because he always finds um, wide open uh, shots. And, and he leads the NBA in assisting three-pointers. That's right. He's above Jokic, above LeBron. And that's for a reason. That's because Doc has him, you know, do that in the offense, and it works. So that's maybe why his numbers are down compared to last year. And I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's just what we see in Ben Simmons do. I feel like he could right. be definitely utilized better. In, it, it's, it's been working out for them, but he, his, his numbers have been different. Like this is Dennis his, his, his lowest scoring Dennis. game, his lowest scoring season. It has been this season. And I'm also like, I do agree with what you're saying. Like, he's known as a like, like a star in in the league, right? And stars are usually expected to like average at least 17 points a game, you know, and also take a team on the back and carry, you know, like that's what stars are known for. And Ben Simmons this year hasn't been doing that, and also like. I, I like sometimes I feel like you know he's kind of not confident because like they're like mismatches and he doesn't take it out like, like he doesn't take it because let's say he, 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 it's like I, I one game right he was it was Ben Simmons against like um against a smaller point guard and he doesn't take it like he kind of passed it out and like in the past like he would have bullied him and like just like you know pushed him up and dunked on him but this year like he, he just didn't do that so. I understand. Like, he's not as aggressive as he used to be. That is true. But that's where we also have to go in with Tobias Harris. This is probably one of one of his best seasons so far, averaging 20 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, and 3 assists per game. 
he's reunited with uh, Doc Rivers, his former coach, uh, on the Clippers, which was also one of one of his other best seasons with Doc Rivers coaching him on the Clippers. So with Doc Rivers reuniting with him, I could see a reason that he is now like their number two scoring option. So Doc Rivers is more used to utilizing Tobias Harris compared to like Ben Simmons. So that also could be a reason why Ben Simmons' his numbers have dipped in scoring. And then now I want to talk about the 76ers. I could, I'm going to call it their secret weapon, and that's Seth Curry. He is on pace weapon to set. Pass. Yeah, he's on pace to have a record-breaking season. Right now, his he's in the 50-50-100 club. That's 50% from the field, 50% from three, and 100% from free throws. That is just that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Like, yeah, there has been a few select in the fifty, forty, ninety club, and right. that has only I think it's under ten people. I'm pretty sure right now. Let's let me read these names: Larry Bird, Malcolm Brogdon, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Reggie Miller, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and Mark Price. All of those mm. names are legendary names, except for Malkin Brogdon, and he's also still <laughs> he's still an amazing player in this game today. But he's not as legendary as those other names. Why do you have to do Malcolm like that, bro? <laughs> I'm sorry, the, Malcolm, you're an amazing respect, player. Bro. But oh my god, your career is not as great as those players at the moment. But you could be ah, great. I agree, I agree though. You could be great, yeah. but compared to those names, that's insane. And Seth Curry, he's doing 10% better in two of those categories right now. If so, if he keeps his pace up, he's going to have one of the most legendary shooting seasons of all time. And that's why I think he is their secret weapon right now. Averaging 13 points per game, 2 rebounds, and 3 assists. He's been great for them. And also, and I, think and also Seth Curry, I think Seth Curry was probably the best pickup for Sixers, Sixers. In, or for anybody, for that matter, in this um, offseason. Uh, you know, they got a similar guy who's a shooter, Danny Green, but he hasn't been performing... Like, not even in the same um, mile. He's, like, 10 miles away from the way Seth Curry's been performing. And it's really cool to see um, Steph Curry brother, Seth, you know, showing up now. It's really, you know, I always like brothers in the NBA because I think it's just so cool. I think at one point of a time, they were in the same house. But, yeah, that's a good point you brought up of Seth. Uh, Aman, which we're going to say? I, I got to add, man, uh, Shake Milton. Off the bench, he's been very, very valuable, uh, valuable for them, uh, because uh, the bench scoring has been a lot better compared to the last few years when they're, you know, supposed to be contenders and all. I think Shake Milton m- makes the bench a lot better, and also with the addition of Dwight Howard, uh, and Shake Milton this year is averaging, I think. Uh, fourteen point four points a game. That's a career high. Uh, Dwight Howard's been very good for him. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Tyrese Maxey, sorry, uh, the rookie at Kentucky. And when he gets playing time, he looks amazing. Uh, so I think, uh, but for the Sixers to be a- a- up there with the uh, with the Clippers and the Lakers, I think they gotta do one more small move. That's a trade for uh, a good forward. Because right now they're lacking at the f- forward spot. They have no one, but I think they have a uh, on Crookmans. It's a good shooter, but he's a big liability on defense. And yeah, so I think 
they're almost I, there, but they gotta add a few uh, spots. One of my friends, uh, he's gonna cry if they uh, trade Borkon because you know he he's one of those players who's a fan favorite, kind of like Alex Caruso. Oh yeah, so, yeah, like me as a fan, I also love Corkmas, but looking at a as a like a business aspect. Yeah. Uh, it just hasn't been performing. Like, there are games where he looks amazing, but the too many games where he just looks bad. Like, he's missing wide open threes and all. I'm just like, it just, I hate that. Like, I just hate it, but yeah. I think that they need a better forward to to be up there with the, the Clippers and, and the Jazz. And also, the to go, go off of that, uh, if they want to go somewhere in, in the playoffs, they cannot crumble this season, okay? The Sixers are known in the past couple of seasons to come crumble in the playoffs. Like, I'm I'm not saying it's always completely their fault, like with the Kawhi shot, but they Ooh. have been expected to go far in the playoffs, go to the uh, conference finals, semifinals. But they they've been coming pretty short these past couple of seasons. But this season, I it, it looks different. Like they've been <clears throat> playing pretty well, number one in the East. And I, I just, think. I just hope they don't crumble like they have and to I do think in the playoffs. A big part of that has to do with their coaching. You know, mm. with with a coach like Doc Rivers who has so much experience in the postseason and knows what it takes to be a championship team because he did win a championship with the Celtics. Um, I think that's the major reason that they won. But um, good report, Danny. I, I liked it. I liked the way you brought in uh, a bunch of players. And um, I hope you, uh, everyone who was listening liked it. You know, if you're a Sixers fan or if you're not, just like, this is a team that has been on the uprise for the last uh, uh, three to four years. And now you're starting to see them really take the game to a different level. Um, so thank you all for listening in to another episode of the Waterboys podcast, episode number six. Uh, join us again for episode number seven on Monday. And if you haven't already, go check out our Instagram page at Waterboys underscore podcast. Thank you all, and have a good weekend. Extended weekend because Monday's off, right, boys? Yes, sir. sir. Have a good one. We're releasing episode on that day, too. President's Day special. Not really, but look forward to it. (laughs) All right. Everyone might take off, but we won't. We are here. Peace. Peace.